0: Welcome, Or as I like to say, yo, yo, yo. This is Drag Bunt, a shallow dive into all things baseball. I'm your host, Bob Dickey. You can also find my thoughts on this subject and oh so many more in my personal diary, restroom stall walls and truck stops across this country, and my personal profile on FarmersOnly.com. Everything, even the music, serves a purpose. A little heavy, a little ominous. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cover a subject that some will think maybe I've gone a little off the rails. They'll be wondering what's he going to do next? Is he going to talk about the Illuminati? Has he gone conspiracy theorist on us? What's next? The Rockefellers and the World Bank? As I've mentioned before, one of the things I choose to do is find subjects that I believe are underreported. So I listen and I read, and I look for that one sentence, that one thing that catches my interest that I say, hmm, well, that's odd. I'm curious. Is there more to that? That seems worth diving into. And now that we all have the www.internet.web.cloudthing.com.net.org, it's really easy to go after things like that, to, to dig, to find things and sources and opinions that you think are relevant. And what I have figured out with this type of thing is knowing when to start and when to stop. Because there's enough information out there about every single little thing that it's very easy to get started. But knowing when to stop, that's sometimes the harder part. So it's time to head to the rabbit hole. But
1: I mean Trevor is doing well. I mean, you know, leave it as shows alone. You know, take care of and, and you know, take care of what you can do. And I also when you look at his squad, you think you mean tell me nobody down there using nothing? Right? I mean everybody uses a little something. So
0: And who is that? That was Cliff Floyd, seventeen year major league outfielder, and now MLB network analyst. And what is Cliff Floyd alluding to? He is alluding to a Twitter war that started with Trevor Bauer. And who is Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer is an Indians pitcher, a very good Indians pitcher, former UCLA standout, and now really good MLB pitcher. In all fairness to everyone, Trevor Bauer has, in the past, gotten himself in trouble on Twitter by raising subjects that don't go over well with others. And this time was no different. Trevor Bauer basically alluded to the fact that he believes that there are major league pitchers that are doing something illegal. And here's the tweet Trevor Bauer, if only there was just a really quick way to increase spin rate. Like, what if you could trade for a player knowing that you could bump his spin rate a couple of hundred RPM overnight? Imagine the steals you could get on the trade market if only that existed. Trevor Bauer is referencing the fact that the Astros have traded for three players in the last year that immediately after the trade, increased their strikeout rates to all-time highs. That's what he's referencing when he talks about spin rate. He's basically saying, hey, there are some guys that are going out and trading for players, bringing them in, and showing them a little something. A little something extra. And overnight, making them even better than they were before. Well, he immediately got some pushback. Lance McCullers Jr., pitcher for the Houston Astros, Astros tweets, Jealousy isn't a good look on you, man. You have great stuff and have worked really hard for it, like the rest of us. No need for this. And Trevor fires back. Not jealousy, my friend. Promise you that. I respect what you all are doing over there. My gripe is with the hypocrisy of MLB for not select for selectively enforcing rules when it suits them. So then the coach of the Houston Astros felt he needed to get involved when asked about it at a press conference. And this is what AJ Hinch, the coach of of the Houston Astros, Astro said. He says, "Honestly, I roll my I roll my eyes at this, but I do think people need to sweep their own front porch and deal with their own situations more than throw allegations around that are unfounded. I don't know if it's a personal vendetta or if he's got a problem with things. I know something." Twitter considers it itself the police of the world. But in this situation, it's time to get to baseball. Well, I'm going to tell you. I think that's odd. I think it's really odd. Why does the coach of a team that has been accused by a player, by a player from another team, of cheating? It's what he's really saying. It's what he's saying. Hey, you guys down there. Houston, you're doing some things, and it's illegal. And MLB needs to do something about it. And A.J. Hinch, instead of going, I want to set the record straight. There is nothing going on. And if anybody wants to take a look at uh, game films and uh, da-da-da-da-da, I stand by what we're doing. It's all legal, and this is malarkey, da-da-da. Instead, he says, sweep your own porch. The only thing in his statement that in any way says, I disagree with what you just said, is when he says, um, sweep your front porch more than throw allegations around that are unfounded. That's not really strong. Uh, that's pretty weak. And then, especially at the end, where he says, "Twitter doesn't need to be the police anymore." Um, this is a situation. It's time to get to baseball. I don't know. I don't know. I, that didn't sit well with me. I I didn't think, I didn't think it was adequate. I I didn't think it was normal. I didn't think it was natural. I didn't think it was what a coach would say when someone was accusing his team of cheating. And then when the subject rears its ugly head on high heat, Rich Savino, the co-host, chimes in with this.
1: You saw that as well. Uh, you know what the real underlying... Issue is, as far as Bauer is concerned, uh, there's more than a hint of truth of what he's saying. And you know what else? So what? Okay? I mean, we, we did this, and the, and the guys on the Yankee broadcast did a, did a good job chronicling this last night with the whole Panetta thing a few years ago. Everybody understands that pitchers, specifically at this time of the year, are going to put a little extra pine tar on the ball, get a better grip. The batters appreciate it. It's one of these, you know what, forsaken, unwritten rules, and it's accepted. And this is what's getting the guys on the Astros more ticked off than you might otherwise think they should. Because it's not just them. It's universal across the sport, all right? You know, again, unless you're Michael Panetta, circa whatever it was, 2014, and you go out there and you put gobs of it on your neck where you have to have it surgically removed after the game. I yeah, I mean, there was nothing, you know, there was nothing Farrell could do in that situation when it becomes that obvious. So that, that's what I think this more or less boils down to. The Astros aren't doing anything that anybody else isn't doing.
0: Okay, so there's a lot there. First of all, Rich is saying that, that he's really alluding to the fact that pine tar is used by some pitchers when it's really, really cold to get a better grip on the ball, and he's also alluding to the fact that he believes that some batters appreciate it because they don't want to get hit in the melon. Now, whether this is true or not, it is illegal. Uh, He also speaks about an incident where Michael Pineda, Pineda, I think you say it, had a huge glob of pine tar on his neck uh, in a Red Sox-Yankees game that was on TV. I think it was even a Sunday night game. and I mean, it was gigantic. I was watching the game, and I saw that. I thought he had a birthmark or something. And sure enough, you know, they threw him out of the game for it. Now, that's not what Trevor Bauer is talking about. And and that's what gets me about this is that I think Rich knows very well what Bauer's talking about. And it's not pine tar. What Bauer's talking about is there are rumors of a substance out there that is clear tar is not clear, of a clear substance, a clear sticky substance that some pitchers are using to get a little more tackiness, they call it, on the ball so they can hold the ball in their hand. It releases a little bit later, thus putting more spin on the ball, thus causing the ball to break harder As it gets to the batter, thus causing the batters to strike out at an increasing rate. And you know what? That's happening. Everywhere, and everybody knows it, we're setting records, all-time records for strikeouts. I don't think this is a coincidence. I really don't. And I think Rich's statement... Just like Cliff Floyd's statement, hey man, everybody's doing it, so what's the big deal? It's a big deal. It's kind of funny, especially on MLB where they're constantly talking about how strikeouts are going through the roof. And... You know, they're blaming it on the batters. They're saying, you know, batters with the new swing that everybody has is just encouraging, you know, terrible, terrible batting averages. And everybody's striking out. Oh, it's a new time in baseball. You hear that, oh, it's a new time. Coaches don't get upset anymore. It's a new time. The strikeout isn't a big deal. Well, I don't think that's entirely true. I don't think it is entirely because of the way batters are swinging I think it's because this this thing that nobody wants to talk about but everybody knows is going on is going on so let's get specific about this so what proof is there besides the innuendos that Bauer's talking about and then these guys saying things like oh yeah everybody's doing it let's talk about some specifics okay let's talk about what Trevor Bauer is talking about the Houston Astros. There is no more compelling case that something is going on than what the numbers say. Let's look at Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is the perfect case to look at because he has a long history. He's been 13 years a major league pitcher. So there's all kinds of data which tells us who Justin Verlander Verlander is as a pitcher. And who Justin Verlander was is starkly different to who Justin Verlander is now. If you just watch him on TV, like I did last night, you would say well, he's just really good again. No. No, I don't think it's that simple. Let's take a look at the numbers. For 13 years, for 13 years, Justin Verlander was a very, very good pitcher who averaged 8.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. 8.5 per 9 innings. Okay? He was very good. Literally. He got traded to the Houston Astros late last year. And he Immediately, Justin Verlander went from being a really good pitcher in his 30s, in the twilight of his career, to better than he's ever been, literally overnight. Since he has been with the Astros and it started immediately, he is now averaging 11.1 strikeouts per nine innings. 8.5 to 11.1? It's it's amazing. Well, What else is there? For 13 years, Verlander averaged 2.7 walks per nine innings. Okay. Again, very good numbers. Since the day he went to the Astros, 1.6, he decreased his walks by more than one per nine innings. Again, just amazing for a guy in his mid-30s, again, at the quote-unquote... Twilight of his career? Really? In fact, instead of going through the 10 or 12 numbers that tell us who a pitcher is, let me just tell you that every single category, every single category is at a career best. Every single one of them. Here's another one. Strikeouts, looking, the number of strikeouts he gets on the third pitch where they don't even swing the bat. Okay. It stays on their shoulder. For his 13-year career, he was at 20%. 20%. All of a sudden, he's at 30. 30%. It's... It's amazing the percent strikes he throws, the average swinging strike rate, the contact rate, all of the things that you can look at on a pitcher. And again, here's a guy whose body of work for 13 years is thousands and thousands of batters. And now, all of a sudden, he gets on an airplane in Detroit and he gets off in Houston and he has not rejuvenated himself back to when he was in his 20s. No, he has surpassed being in his 20s. He's He'd already won MVPs and Cy Youngs. He was the best of the best. And now he's better? Really? The next two cases I want to look at next to Houston Astro pitchers, are very interesting. And I think equally as compelling as the Verlander case because of his track record, the fact that both of these pitchers came from the same previous team. They both came from the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton. Very different pitchers in very different stages of their life. Charlie Morton in his 30s, Garrett Cole beginning his career in his fourth year. They both came from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Why is that important? Because the Pittsburgh Pirates have a pitching coach by the name of Ray Searidge. Ray Searidge has a nickname. He's called the Pitch Doctor. Ray Searidge is probably the best pitching coach in baseball. Ray Searidge has turned around more pitchers than any other pitching coach in baseball. Okay, Francisco Lariano, A.J. Burnett, and on and on. He's a guy who has a knack for taking somebody who, with a few tweaks can regain where they were in their prime. If anybody can turn a picture around, it's Ray Searage. Yet, these two guys were... One was traded and one signed, and both came right from the Pirates organization. And then, upon stepping off the plane in Houston, became completely different pitchers. It's just amazing. Charlie Morton, I've watched for years. Charlie Morton has been on the fringe of being out of baseball a couple of different times. When Charlie Morton was in Pittsburgh, his fastball averaged between 91 and 93 miles an hour. Acceptable. Acceptable if you've got other pitches, and he does. All of a sudden, he steps off the plane in Houston. He's throwing 97 miles an hour. 97. He says it's because he... I mean, literally, he says it's by accident that one day in the offseason, he was out messing around, and he changed his arm angle and went from throwing very much over the top to kind of more of a sidearm and picked up six miles an hour on his fastball. This guy's been pitching all of his life. and And I'm supposed to sit here and believe that one day – Oh, hey, I'm out throwing the ball in it. Look at that. Well, that was really fast. I should do that. Oh, come on. I wasn't born yesterday. That just doesn't happen. Pitchers don't pick up velocity like that. When I say it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I've never seen this before. Okay. And the, and I mention the guy's in his 30s? All of a sudden nice pitching like he's eighteen. Okay. Now on to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has been or he was the pirates next big thing. The problem is he never quite made that leap. He was a guy who every year people said this would be the year Garrett makes that move. He was a highly touted prospect. I believe he was out of UCLA. And he always seemed to fall back into the same rut where you could get about five, maybe six innings out of Garrett Cole. And you could get, you know, oh, five, six, seven strikeouts. You'd also get about four walks. And he'd end up throwing 95 pitches in five or six innings and be out of the game. All of a sudden, I kid you not, all of a sudden, he goes over to Houston. And it's the funny thing is, I'm, I'm as I'm recording this, I watched him last night. I think he had 13 strikeouts yesterday. It was 12 or 13. This guy, not only his strike rate has not... Not just his strike rate has just taken off, but this guy's now going seven, eight, nine innings. He's striking out everybody in sight. And he's not walking anybody all of a sudden. It's remarkable. His swinging strike rate goes from 15% to 25%. And listen to this. His strikeouts per nine innings... Remember what I talked about with with Verlander? Verlander went from 8.5 to over 11. Garrett Cole goes from 8.4 to 13.2, and now I think it's higher than that because of last night's game. 13.2? That's that's gotta be the highest in baseball. The highest strikeout. The highest number of strikeouts per nine innings for a starting pitcher. For those of you that follow baseball, guys that have that kind of strikeout rate are only the relievers. They're only the super hard throwing relievers like Kenley Jansen, like Chapman for the Yankees. Only those guys are able to achieve because they're max power guys. They go out and they throw at their max for a short amount of time and they have really high strikeouts per nine. Starters don't have 13 strikeouts per nine innings. They don't. Until now. So, here's the thing. We have three pitchers. Three very, very different pitchers. Three very interesting scenarios. One of them with a 13-year track record who comes in and goes from really good late in his career to better than he was when he was a Cy Young winner? We have two guys that came from the previous same previous organization, uh, happened to come from an organization that was touted as a place you go to turn around as a pitcher, and they leave it and become, uh, you know, un- unworldly? I mean, Charlie Morton adds... Six miles an hour to his fastball. And Garrett Cole is pitching like he's a reliever, and he's pitching like it for seven, eight, nine innings. It's just, it's bizarro world. It's just bizarre. Okay, so why do I keep bringing this up? Why do I keep insinuating that where there's smoke, there's fire? Well, here's why. Here's a tweet from Trevor Bauer. Just had a meeting with the commissioner's office, encouraging all players to take a stance and be leaders politically. Here's my stance. I find it disingenuous that MLB commissioner's office would encourage this when they're specifically tried to censor me for sharing my opinion on this matter. Then he goes dark off of Twitter. 4 days later, a fan tweets him and says, you know, basically, "Hey, what gives? Well, what's going on? How come we haven't heard from you?" And he says, "Yeah, it's almost like I wasn't allowed to access my Twitter account for a while." You know, sad face, sad face. Basically saying that the commissioner's office had encouraged him to get off of Twitter and to shut his pie hole. That's really what he's saying by not saying it because he doesn't want to get more hot water because he knows where his bread is buttered. And this is why I think there's fire because of this type of smoke. You've got an incident where Not only is there hearsay from players, but there's statistical information to at least encourage someone to look into a situation. And yet, the commissioner's office, because baseball is at an all-time high and everybody is fat and happy and nobody wants to rock that boat, is basically telling the player... You know what? Stay off of Twitter and shut your pie hole. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like from the outside. So I do think there's something going on. I think that there are players doing something that by the rule book, as it is today, would be considered illegal. I think they're doctoring the ball. I think that MLB, the commissioner's office, knows that's going on. I think that they're not going to do anything about it because baseball is fat and happy and they don't want to rock the boat. The last uh, thing they had to deal with, the steroid issue, cost them dearly in public perception. And they don't want to go through that and they don't see where this is going to get out to the public and be a big deal. So why make it one? Plus, I think there are some players involved that are, you know, kind of icons of the sport. I think there are some pitchers out there that are involved that are seen as pretty wonderful. And I don't think that it's popular to go after the prom king. I think that causes people to really reassess their allegiance to sports when things like this happen. I think they question records. I think they question past games and past records, past World Series champions, and all sorts of things come out of that genie's bottle that can't get put back in. And I don't think MLB wants any part of it. I don't think this story is going to go anywhere right now. I think that both the people that listen to this broadcast, I think both of them, you know, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to get out through this podcast. I wish it would. I wish at least somebody would do something. But I don't think it'll happen. I think what's going to happen is it's going to get pushed back under the rug for now. But I think it's going to come out. I think it's going to take a while, but I think it's going to come out. And when it comes out, Uh, It will direct people back to this situation with Trevor Bauer. And people will go, well, this is when we knew. I think that this could be just like when that reporter for the St. Louis Dispatch was standing there asking McGuire questions. And he looked up in his locker and he saw that bottle of Andro. And he said, hey, what's that? And McGuire said, oh, it's vitamins I'm taking. I really like it. And then, you know, he went home and next thing you know, oh, man, all kinds of bad things happened. I think that that's kind of what this moment is. I think it's it's us getting a glimpse of a problem. And it all depends on who wants to run with it as to when it becomes the big deal. Until then, I'm just going to sit back and rest and say, well, I'm going to hold out for the day I can say I told you so, as if anybody will care then, about as much as anybody cares now. So until that day, I'll just sit back and watch. And I'll watch as these guys just rack up the strikeouts and everybody goes crazy. He keeps talking about Maybe the greatest pitching staff to ever be assembled. That's what I heard last week. Yeah, that's what that's what they're saying now. That's, that's one of the things. Now, a lot of us don't agree with that. There's been some pretty good ones. But that's to the degree it's gotten. That we're even hearing that. So, until that day comes, I'll just keep myself warm at night with my convictions. Apparently, that's all I'm going to have. In closing to this podcast, I want to say thank you to a certain player, a player that has announced his retirement. Ichiro Suzuki has announced that he will be ending his major league career. Ichiro came here from Japan as a 27-year-old. And since starting his career, his first long stint was with the Mariners. Ichiro set record after record after record. You can look at the back of Ichiro's baseball card and it is phenomenal. He does not get the respect that he deserves. He came here already having Japan's version of MVP awards year after year after year. He didn't have to come here, but he came here because he wanted to play with the best. And he wanted to prove that he could play with the best. He not only did that, he was the best. His baseball card has some bold print on it. That's really you got to see it. It's just amazing. I'm going to let you do that. But I'm going to tell you a few things that Ichiro never had. Ichiro Suzuki never had a nine-minute home run trot. Ichiro Suzuki never had a high sign that he flashed back to the boys in the dugout every time he got a single, or a double, or a triple. Ichiro never had 15 gold or diamond chains around his neck. Ichiro never wore his hat sideways. Ichiro never perfected an iconic bat flip for every time he hit a home run. Ichiro never had hair or a beard that looked like he was homeless. Ichiro never wore neon colored sleeves that did not match his uniform. Ichiro didn't have personalized cleats in his favorite colors. Ichiro didn't show up to spring training camp in a different customized supercar every day after he signed new lucrative contracts. Now that's a short list of the things that Ichiro didn't have. And yes, I'm being facetious. Ichiro didn't have a lot of things that other players seem to have today that are, oh, let's just say, oh, point right back to the player. Things that are, oh, people would say, individual that's what people would say they'd say well you know what players players deserve to be individuals yeah it's a team sport but they can do their own little things to make themselves individual okay maybe but they don't have to they don't have to do it to the degree that they do i think it's gotten completely out of hand I'm not going to get into all the things that drive me crazy that are going on on the field and a little bit off the field, but mostly on. I just like to point to a guy that never had to do that. A guy that isn't even from this country, as if that makes a difference. But a guy who knew how to play the game right, didn't grow up here playing the game, It's not even his country's quote-unquote game. It's our game, right? That's what we always say. It's our game. Sometimes other people, I think, are more respectful of our game than we are. And I think Ichiro Suzuki is one of those guys. So I want to thank Ichiro Suzuki. For not only supplying years and years and years of fantastic baseball, but doing it in a way that I wish was the rule and not the exception. As I sign off another episode of Drag Bunt. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for sharing it. I want to thank you for leaving comments. I want to thank you for posting and reposting and all the wonderful things you do to help Drag Bunt get out there to the mass public. Once again, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. I wish you the very best. Most of all, I want you to remember, if nothing else seems to be working, just drag bunt. Come on.